I'm Rachel. And I'm Shelly. And welcome to a new episode of Chicks. And... Oh, he's so good that correctly. Oh, wow. No rehearsal. None. None whatsoever. It's because we're on the same psychic wavelength. Absolutely. So I I have a a new listener that is listening to our podcast to be redundant. (laughs) Uh, a friend of mine who I game with started listening to it after I gave the recommendation because, you know, I'm going to obviously plug myself. Heck yeah. <laughs> so, and um, he he said that it's like he said that it was it was funny and that we sounded like we knew each other. Should we just go and say like we that we like no, but, you know, like there's no each other, but like know each other. Yeah. And we know each other. We know each other. <laughs> well, that sounds like it's sexual. It's not. We've been friends since we were 12. Well, ish. Yeah, ish. Met at Yeah, weren't friends for three days in Italy. Definitely, we weren't That's friends true. in three days. Yeah, in Italy. there was the three days of estrangement. <laughs> <laughs> but we got past that. Yeah, we got past that because we're good friends. <laughs> <laughs> and we learned an important lesson about traveling together. <laughs> and we also learned an important lesson about Yakuza in Italian bars. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so just so all of our one listener understands that we have known each other for an extremely long time. Yeah. So almost going on like well, now you're now you're dating us. But yes, a very long time we have Okay, well you can just you know, you can just bleep that part That's out true. in editing. I will. <laughs> Censor it. <laughs> um, yeah, we have we have experienced a lot together. So we do know each other. Yes, if it sounds like we're friends, it's because we are, in fact, very good friends. Yes, yes, unless we travel too long together. Right, but we're never so going to do that know. again. Well, we won't make that mistake twice. Unless we're like, yeah, you know when someone's like, I always remember uh, my ex. Remember Peter? Yep. He was like, we should do the Amazing Race together. And I should have known that the relationship wasn't going to work because my immediate response was like, no, <laughs> we should not do Amazing Race together. And I feel like that's you and I as well. It's like you and I would not do no, the Amazing Race together. It would make for great television, well. though. <laughs> I don't know if we could recover from it. Oh, my God. Maybe not. I think all, all friendships have their limits and Amazing Race might be our limit. Yeah. But that's like, that to me now is like the relationship tester question is like, could we do the Amazing Race together? And you have to give the honest response. <laughs> Chris's honest response was, I'd rather do it with Keith. <laughs> You'd rather do it with Keith? Yeah, like totally you should do it with Keith. Uh, I think they were going to, uh, I think they were going to um, try to be on Man Tracker when it was still on the air. <laughs> <laughs> That is one that you and I would actually just giggle and just get caught in five oh, minutes. Oh, right away. Just, <laughs> I'd be like, we're going over here. And you'd just like start laughing and then it would just be all That's over. And we'll be like, okay, well, and, found us. and we'll be like, good thing I brought this bottle of wine in my fucking bag, survival <laughs> bag. <laughs> Shaking up martinis on the side of the trail. Yeah. Hey, living life. I just came here to be last food, honestly. <laughs> 
Anyway, segueing from Man Tracker, who is a survivor. This is oh. Rachel's pick, and it is a survivor. What is it, the prepper book? Prepper romance. Well, okay. I wanted us to read a prepper romance because it's a genre I recently found out about, and I'm married to a prepper, so I thought this would be funny to read. And this, the prepping is really, it's not even like secondary or tertiary. It is so unimportant Out of the book, yeah. to the plot. <laughs> yeah. It's just something that happens in the background. A little bit. I mean, like the community rallies around at one point, the one of the protagonists, because he has become part of their community and believes in the same beliefs, right? Like, I get the feeling that this closed-knit community boots out people who aren't of the same mindset. Well. So, while the prepping is actually, like, total bullshit, it is, like, it is kind of in the book for the community. It's a weird thing that they're doing. Um, It's really just a romance that happens on a ranch where they like to prepare for the apocalypse. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Yes. And, like, and Ivan Shelley. And... <laughs> Thanks for joining us. <laughs> okay, so let's let's try to walk through the story. It has been a while since we read the book, so apologies if this is gonna this is gonna be really disjointed. Do you have a synopsis? I do. I do have a synopsis. I always do. The book is called Finding Mercy by D.L. Jackson, and this is the if this is Evans Point number one. Okay, here we go. You'll die in three minutes without oxygen, three hours without shelter, three days without water, and three weeks without food. Three hours without shelter? My thing is, it's like I would have found the end like and like three minutes without love. Ooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, wait, even... hold on. Oh, you just right <laughs> but but could you live a lifetime? With a broken heart. (laughs) Mercy Evans has come to Evans Point, hoping to collect herself and find a way to rescue her career as an anchorwoman for Cheyenne's news station. Sergeant Justin Redway has come to Evans Point to try to forget his past and survive all he's done. One is a battle-damaged veteran, the other a desperate woman who will go to any extreme to get his story. When their worlds collide, sparks fly and old wounds open. As the chasm between the fated lovers widens, it might be too big to cross. One town, two lovers, and a second chance at finding mercy. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes? So, I guess let's go into what actually happens in the book. (laughs) So So, the book actually begins with a tornado tearing through... Evans Point, and it, it like decimates the town essentially. And you find out later that's why now everyone who lives in town is a prepper, because um, after the tornado hit, a lot of people left, and those who stayed decided that they weren't ever going to let anything like this happen again. Not sure how you can prevent a tornado from happening, but yeah, but it was also they were they were like kind of let down by the the lack of like um, rebuilding. They were caught completely with their pants down, you know. Like so, a lot of people well, left due to the fact a that lot they, with tornadoes. <laughs> well, I I know, but you know what I mean. But it's just like you know there are preppers who are completely prepared for this. I guess, yeah, but, but I it's mean, just if it tears I, down your house, there's nothing you can do about that. Like 
Yeah. So, but but I think they were like with the way that rebuilding worked and so on and so forth. There was like kind of like this exodus from the town because there was no funds coming in to rebuild quickly or whatever. That's that's the impression I got. I think people just left town because everything they had had been ripped away from them, and it's like we'll just okay, well, somewhere well, else. They're they're gone. That they're, they're, doesn't they're have tornadoes. <laughs> so. <laughs> So there aren't many people left in town, basically, is what it boils down to. And also, so, like, where does this take place? Evan's point is where? Because, like, honestly, where is a tornado? It's a ranch country. Like, you and I were discussing this, and I'm like, kind of, do they have tornadoes? Like, because we were thinking, like, Montana, Colorado, but, like, are those tornado-y states? I don't think so. But who knows? I mean, Ottawa gets tornadoes, so... And I don't think of it as a tornado part of Ontario. I know, but I, <laughs> yeah, if I think if I think tornadoes, I think like London, Kitchener, Waterloo. Right. Why? Yeah. But anyway, so we're gonna bore the shit of our <laughs> listeners. Why? Because there's constant tornado warnings there. Are they? Oh. I have a, like yeah, I have like a weather tracker all the time when they're they're doing um severe like speeds for Isn't severe weather. Is that also weather. Carnage like, Alley for the four hundred one? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes great sounds like a great place to live <laughs> it's the bermuda triangle of, <laughs> of ontario London, toronto and i guess like Elmira or just like some random small town up there anyway Elmira. i don't know where this place way, where this book is set out. but it's people left <laughs> people left and it's like wide open horse country um so this guy sergeant justin redway he is running from his past. Um, he was in Afghanistan. I, I do believe yes, it was Afghanistan. I think, anyway, um, and he actually had to call in an airstrike on himself. There's a whole story there. Um, he survived, didn't expect to, and actually has just a ton of survivor guilt. Um, in addition to his PTSD, and PTSD. so he is not <laughs> doing well. Um, and he is not dating material. <laughs> no. no. So he's just trying, he's running away from everyone and everything, um, because he keeps getting hounded by the press about what happened, uh, in Afghanistan because he's being blamed for like a bunch of deaths. Uh, but of course they can't release the official story to fully explain what took place. I don't think he even knows what happened because it's just su- such top, top secret. Well, she finds out later. Yeah, he finds out later, but he doesn't. He doesn't know at the time, so he fucks off to Horace Country, um, and I think has like a new name and everything, and wants to lay low. And it's just so happens he lands in a town full of preppers where they're like, you know what, you don't want to tell us, we ain't gonna ask. None of our business. And yeah, so long as you're a good man and you work hard, we don't give a fuck what right. you did. So he's just he um, helps out this old timer lives on the guy's ranch uh and just you know keeps himself to himself but then keeps himself to himself yeah saying (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i had to woman shows up her name is mercy and she is the old rancher's granddaughter and she's on a timeout from work because (laughs) a, a story she reported on forced someone to complete suicide it's a bit of a problem she's like she's got this problem and here's the the worst part about mercy at this point also is that 
especially when she just gets there, she's still so intent on justifying how it happened instead of actually being like, maybe I went a step too far. Yeah. No, exactly. This <laughs> she's is like, all about her. Like she is. She is all about the story. And she's like, you know, all I care about is getting back in the business. So if I just bring them another story that's too hot and like they can't say no. Right. So she's just like, I'm just here for the moment while I find my next lead. It's like, mm-hmm. And she's like a like a total career bitch. She is. Absolutely. And I think she really should be using this time to reflect on what happened. And like maybe this can actually turn you into a better reporter. As opposed an ethical to, one. An, uh, yeah, and an ethical one. I mean, we take <laughs> when, some responsibility when, when for what happened to this poor kid. Yeah, so. like, you know, when someone commits suicide because you've gone too far in your story and your ethics board on your newsroom actually takes you and kind of sidelines you, maybe you should think about what the fuck happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's like, I just need a, you know, I need another big story and I they'll, they'll accept me back with open arms. I'm like, anyway... So she and Justin cross paths and it's like an instant attraction uh, and they end up having sex and Justin thinks he might be in love with her, but that's only because he hasn't had sex in a gazillion years. And this is <laughs> first time he's had a chance to, <laughs> to get well, his I dick mean, wet. I, so. I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's also like... Aside from the dick wedding, I think it's also like he hasn't had a connection with anyone. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, oh, I feel an emotion. Yeah. <laughs> so so he's obviously kind of like, oh, okay. And he kind of teases her about like the shower, like having the soap in the shower and so on and so forth. Because she, she very much presents herself. So she goes there and is like, I accidentally need your shower. And oops, I accidentally lost my pants and oops i left the door open while i'm showering yeah oh no <laughs> i fell down on your penis thing, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah like yeah oops and again and again uh but she, she she like she knows that he is reluctant at this point so she is just putting it all out there and then he is like trying to resist on every level and he's like, this is a bad idea. Yeah. This is the rancher's granddaughter. I don't want to lose my home. I don't need any more fucking complications. My life is a fucking disaster. And he thinks of himself as a generally shitty human being who doesn't deserve anything. Yes. So it's just one of those things where you're like, okay. And here she is just being like, and here's my ass in the shower, just waggling it at you because I accidentally yeah. forgot to close the door. She and, wants oh, to have sex. Towel as I, <laughs> yeah. As, and here's, I couldn't find a towel and my clothes are dirty. So I'm just going to wear one of your shirts that I pulled out of the fucking closet. Like, yeah. But like, wow, she is one forward, but B also unwantedly forward. Like I found it almost like too. if she came at me like that, I'd be like, this woman is fucking psycho. <laughs> I should. <laughs> and you should definitely have sex with her because like, isn't that the stereotype? Yeah, exactly, Crazy chicks she, give the best yeah, sex. <laughs> And she, you know, there's no consequences to fucking a crazy chick, right? So oh, none. Like, <laughs> just, like, I look at this woman and she presents herself as a, a future stalker, future killer, or like future, like baby entrapment. Like there's just like such a Jerry Springer episode wrapped in this woman. I just, I saw her as like, she wants sex and she's going after what she wants and that's totally fine. But the whole, like her come on and then this like attempt attempted flirtation it's, it's desperate it's desperate it just so was, desperate. i thought it was just so awkward and like really unsatisfying mm. to read so i'm like is this because 
the the author succeeded at writing a flawed character or is the writing itself flawed and i don't know i don't know maybe both but which side i I, I come down on i i find that she like just the way i i found her to be desperate and wanton like she just needed sex so badly that she was willing to like cross any line to to get there so i don't know but either way he gets his dick wet he thinks he has emotions because he actually felt something for the first time since his tour yeah and and then she she uh, proceeds to slut shame herself and it was so upsetting to read because it just repeatedly she calls herself a slut she calls herself a whore and i'm like what is wrong with you well and also like considering like what you just did which is pretty basic like you know like it was not at all classy like yeah what you did was like kind of slutty but you're also an adult you could do what you want and have sex like i think every woman has had like those times where you're just like let's do this that's fine like i'm gonna throw myself at you you get laid but i've never been at the end of the night well i mean like (laughs) okay we've all regretted it (laughs) but i've never like i mean we've no no no. we've all had the like the walk of pride and like like the stride of pride and the walk of shame shame, right like we've like i mean most of us have had those right but at the same time i guess the way that she did it he was very i would have I guess the whole thing is, like, I would have caught on to the signals that he just didn't want it, and I would have just given up and walked away, right? Like, mm-hmm. you fucking throw your ass at him, you're naked in the shower, so on and so forth. But the next day when you wake up and you regret that you did that, that's not cool. Like, that just has to be something you accept. You're like, yeah, okay, I crossed a few lines. I was, you know, wasn't wasn't my hottest no, moment. Her, her, <laughs> her slut-shaming has nothing to do with whether or not he wanted it, and she... I don't know if coerced is the right word for it, but just threw herself at her. Oh, she threw, yeah. <laughs> but no, like all of like her negative emotions after the fact, it's just, it's all centered on her. Like, oh my God, mm. I threw myself at him. What's wrong with me? I'm such a slut. I'm such a whore. I was like, no, honey, you saw, you knew what she wanted and you went for it and you got it. And there's nothing wrong but with also, that maybe you didn't go about it in like, the classiest fashion but yeah like who cares? she went about it really which <laughs> bothered me but i mean at the, the same time also like if she had if she had been doing this like every night for months like going after a different guy i'd be like you need a therapist because you like slow down you've you're got, gonna, yeah you're like catch no something. you're like that's that's like no but that's also like a legit maybe psychological issue if yeah. you're having to throw yourself at a guy all the time but like literally like when was the last guy you slept with and if you had such a good connection with them like why is there a shame in trying to pursue that yeah so like i just i had a real problem with that and it just and it she just the author just harps on this and it's just like i don't understand what's going on here i don't understand why it's in the book i don't know why i'm reading it like this um anyway they actually end up having a big fight and she wants to apologize and he doesn't want to hear it. And then there's just this sort of like avoiding each well, they other. Well, have a fight because goes on for a while. She went through his She went through, she his, went things, through his shit. Which not cool. Don't do and, that. No no, don't do that. Like yeah. don't go through people's phones and don't go through people's things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so like, and she finds out that he has uh what is it, the purple? Medal of heart, Honor. I no, he has like a medal of honor or something. 
Yeah, I can't remember. It's a specific medal anyway for... Well, he would have a purple heart. He was wounded in battle, but... Anyway, he's got some kind mm-hmm. of, ma- like, big fancy military award. He's got, he's got army, he's got, like, army medals and, like, the highest honors, right? That so he is, he is ashamed of. Yes. And his shame is much more understandable, I would say. Do we... Do we want to like just go? We can just tell his whole backstory because it will just make it the rest of the book easier to explain. Yeah. So while which is was, the better story? Which is, which is the if, book yeah. we all wanted to Why read. Why can't we read this story instead? So when he's he's um he's living the driving East. somewhere and they get ambushed and he's part of this like larger convoy um and they're pinned down and people are dying and all around guarding- them. They're guarding a truck on this convoy and nobody knows what's in the truck. And the truck itself has its own guards who will shoot anyone who comes near the truck. It doesn't matter what side they're on. Um, and it looks, it's clear that they're not going to get out of this like little valley that they're in. And so their sergeant or no, he's not a sergeant. He's higher up the chain. Um, he's been badly wounded and like with his like, <laughs> last breath like the strength is draining out of him and he's like crawling over to like the comms guy to call in an airstrike and he's not going to make it so he orders justin to do it and Um, justin is a a paramedic he's a he's a medic yes and he's trying to help this guy and this guy's like you have to call in the airstrike i'm your superior officer i'm giving you an order you have to do what i tell you and he's like well you got me there so he does what he's told and he calls in this airstrike and we find out afterwards that it was to blow up this truck in this convoy that they were escorting and protecting because the truck had this like horrible pathogen inside ancient, of it. An, an ancient. It's like an ancient curse. pathogen from an, from an archaeological <laughs> site. Like that's like, I know I was just like, I wanted, I really thought of like, I'm like, this is so Indiana Jones. This is awesome. Like, oh, but... I can't be... So there were like, survi- so like the archaeological team that like opened up some tomb and they all got sick and it's some like highly, highly virulent, um, it like infectious disease. No, it's, I think it's a virus. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, like the survivors are inside that truck that's in the convoy, and they're being cor- like carted to some like military base to get airlifted out of there. Anyway, it's just like, like yeah, how so come I'm not reading this book? So they, they can study. <laughs> yeah, and then and they even talk about like the Allies didn't want to deal with it, no one wanted to deal with it, but they wanted to deal with it to study it and so on and so but forth. We can't let this they fall can, into you know, the like, hands whatever. of our enemies, and it's just so, yeah, because we can't have it like be weaponized. And I was like, yeah. this is awesome. Can we just have the story continue here? Exactly. <laughs> Um, but and yeah, so we've been back on the ranch. <laughs> so now we're back on the ranch. So this is like, and Justin actually doesn't know any of that. He finds out later. I think I already mentioned that. All he knows is that he called in an airstrike that murdered a lot of his buddies. Yes. And he doesn't know why. So he feels like a murderer. And then he's, and then he's given like heroes accommodation for right. it. Right. And, but the press thinks that he's a murderer also. It's like, well, they don't know the story either. Yeah. Anyway. So this is all the shit that he's living with now and not dealing with, uh, in a healthy fashion. Then I guess Mercy just sort of pursues him for a while. She feels bad. She wants to make up with him. And she realizes that she has feelings for him. Uh, but he just holds on to this anger. Um, but eventually, like, they make out in a horse trough. <laughs> and they're friends again. 
Yeah, like they get angry and then he dumps her in the trough full of water and it's gross and yeah. Then she pulls him in and they start I mean not not the cleanest way to go, but at least, you know, they ended up airing their dirty laundry to be Yeah. Yeah, they know. they mend fences. <laughs> Um, but she does no she doesn't air any dirty laundry she just talks all the fucking time and he's like whoa just shut up and it is it actually is mentioned in there that she's always talking and he's always silent yeah it is mentioned in the book yeah and that is to the point of the author that is a check mark so um and then what happens after that Nothing the, really. Uh, her, no, she no, finds she out who finds, he, she finds out who yeah, he no, is. Like, what happens after that? Like Nothing, the whole rest yeah. of the fucking book. <laughs> so she finds out that he. So he's not calling himself Justin Redway. He calls himself something else. And she finds out who he is, and she's like, "Oh shit, this is going to be my big break. I'm going to get his story, um, and then I can go back to work as Cheyenne's number two news anchor." So she actually convinces him to tell his story on camera. Um, and she's told her office back in Cheyenne what the deal is that she found this dude, but then she starts having reservations and, you know, she starts second guessing herself and decides ultimately that she can't betray him like this. Cause she says, she's not going to tell him that, mm-hmm. oh, well, you're, you're my ticket out of here. You're going to make my career, but well, the cat's out of like, the bag. You know, the funny thing. The, also the funny thing is, is like there's no there's with these two people that are fucking all the time and like running around behind the grandfather's back and so right. on and so forth there's never a conversation so like so what do you do for a living <laughs> you're busy you know, fucking like, no time for that no time for small talk no time to, there's no time to get to know each other absolutely not <laughs> nothing but time nothing happens in this story <laughs> so um she yeah so she's decided she's not going to betray him but it's too late and now someone is like flying into the ranch on a helicopter <laughs> and they crash and it's mm-hmm. so stupid and it's they never... crash in a lake and it's like the lake is frozen so that like the whole town gets together to like no, see this so... not the whole town but like whoever's around no so it was it's the like whole town? Justin yeah. sees the crash, um, and he and the rancher they go out to rescue the two guys, the, um, which they do. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I'll take you back to my house, and then we'll wait for the ambulance. But it's going to take the ambulance two hours to get here. And it's like, no, it fucking won't. You call a medevac for that shit. You're serviced by an air ambulance. There's no way that you'd be, these people would be cooling yeah. their heels for two hours at your house after having just crashed into a lake. <laughs> like, it's just not how this mm-hmm. works. Ugh. Um, but one of the people in the helicopter crash knows Mercy. Is the cameraman. Is the cameraman. And so Justin, he kind of sees that they, they, that they know each other, even though no one's talking. Um, and he figures out that she sold him out, essentially. And then I guess they break up again. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's upset. And is that when he falls off the wagon? No. So what happens is it's like, so he suspects that, you know, like she sold him out, so on and so forth. She comes in, tries to tell him the truth. He gets really mad. And then, like, 
so when does the porno mag yeah and then he goes into town and she tries to like apologize to him and he completely rejects her doesn't he at that point i can't remember i think he rejects her twice i don't know i get whatever she keeps pissing him off <laughs> but this is like a huge betrayal like and i get it, it like, is a huge betrayal like, it, it is totally is like yeah you fucking kidding and I th- I think that's when I think that's when he goes into town and buys the booze and the porno mag and is going to have a very angry yeah. masturbatory session. <laughs> and I think he does get drunk and she comes into the morning and tries to cook him breakfast. She does. But mm-hmm. she's not good at it. <laughs> and then the grandfather finally finds out that they've been hooking up and he doesn't really care. <laughs> care that much, yeah. He's like, he, he kind of thinks actually that they're good for one another. Um, and I think it's the grandfather drags him to the prepper meeting. And this is like, so the town has these like spaghetti dinners at the meetings. church. And it's like, but they're actually prepper meetings. So I'm like, was, do they still eat spaghetti? I wasn't really clear on what was going on there. Or if it was just a cover. They're super secretive about their prepping to the point where it's like, I would be suspicious. And it's like, if you don't mm-hmm. want to draw attention to what you're doing, then don't act like you're trying to keep something hidden. Because mm-hmm. you're only going to make people more curious about what's up. So they, he goes to these prepper meetings. They find out that he's a medic. And it's like, oh, well, you can, you know, it'd be great to have him a medic on staff when the end times happen. Um, and... He's also, I guess, pretty handy and helps them. With, essentially, they're building a massive bunker underneath the town. And he helps them out with some of that. So I guess he kind of finds a little community with the preppers in town, which is nice for him. But it's not part of the story being told. He doesn't yearn for community or acceptance or no. any of that stuff. So it's like, why is this in here? Why are we now spending time with the preppers? Because this isn't what he needed. And if it was what he needed, it was never communicated to the author that this is what he was missing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that it was never clarified. Like, oh, I finally feel like I found a place, you know, where I can be myself. Like, so on and so forth. Yeah. Right. So it's it's a little implied, but it's like you really have to you have to look for it. You, get, you like as the reader, you have to do all the work. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. that's not good writing. You have to lay the groundwork for something like that. Um, eventually, like, he and Mercy make up. She decides, I guess, not to go back to Cheyenne. I think she ends up getting fired anyway. And then then they live happily ever after. No, they don't, actually, because there's a whole bunch of paparazzi that come to their door one day. Oh, because and he does Mercy actually... has a shotgun, yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. Mercy has a shotgun yeah, and she fends them off. Yes, yes, yes. And she fends them off. And, then she, and that's when she says, you're going to have to tell your whole story now. So that they understand. So they'll go away. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I will sell. I will give it to someone. And then that was. So that basically happens. So he tells his story, and then he, he and then she puts down the camera, and then she's like, "You realize because she was doing some research on the side, like this is actually what you saved. You saved everybody that day. Like that's kind of idea. And I mean, he still feels like shit about it, but a little better. Yeah. And she has proven herself to be loyal, and he's proven himself that he can feel love. (laughs) like i guess i well i don't know if we're quite there yet but definitely not anger yeah (laughs) he has other emotions 
maybe he feels that he can go to counseling at this point. I don't know. It never comes up. Counseling is never brought up as an option. (laughs) I know, right? It's either sex or more sex. (laughs) It's short. This book is like 100 pages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And it is very weirdly organized. Did you notice that? Yes. Yes. Chapter breaks when there doesn't need to be and no chapter breaks where there should be. (laughs) Yeah. And then like then the whole past situation is kind of like thrown in like the first third of the book, but like then kind of goes back to it in a later part. Like it's, it's just, it's it's very very discombobulated. It's poorly organized (laughs) on the page. It isn't well structured at all. Um, And kind of has the feel of just in terms of its organization and its structure feels very much like a first draft um the writing is Mm. better than that it's more polished than certainly when i write first drafts um but i don't think anybody sat down with the author and was like you should move this around you should refer to this earlier move this later like none of that took place uh so it makes for a very that's fair frustrating read i didn't think it was a frustrating read i just didn't think it was a great read i think the the story had i think that there was some potential for like more tension and so on and so forth the slut shaming thing gets in the way the um the constant need for each other and that fulfillment i thought there could have been a little more tension between the characters instead of just fucking all the time um but i mean like they're they do have some fun teasing like they had that nice like canter slash race through the met or through the uh the planes there mm-hmm. for a little bit and she like chases after him and proves that she's just as much of a horsewoman and not just some like city broad i guess because oh, he grew up in the city yeah but yeah like i just i don't know like yeah it wasn't it wasn't anything i'd recommend i didn't enjoy it i'll be honest with you I did not enjoy reading this book. I didn't think it's any good. Wow. Yeah. And really let down because it's advertised as a prepper romance and it's got nothing to do with prepping. So. I would have to say that um, I didn't hate this book. <laughs> and I'll <Okay>. end there. <laughs> I, like didn't, had more I, didn't, okay. I didn't. I didn't like it. Um, there was no... Like, I I just don't like. This is a book that I is is kind of like I want my 118 pages back of my life, but it's not, <laughs> you know, the yeah. worst we've read. Um, <laughs> I just I really I just had a real problem with this. I don't like. Yeah, I found I found corrupt to be more disturbing. No, right? it is. Like that 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 book bothered me more than this book. But when it comes to like just an overall romance, I thought this book really didn't have a lot to offer. No, it's very flat. Terms... Yeah. It's very one yeah, note. I think that... Yes. Yeah. You're That's telling just... me they're hot for each other, but I'm like I'm not feeling it. And even like the sex and so on and so forth, you're like eh, meh. like it just Yeah, even it doesn't that jump off like, the page. Yeah, they just had sex. I'm like, okay, could a few more descriptive words in there. Yeah, it's it was very um boring. Well, not 
Not boring. Just, yeah, again, one note. I think one note is actually the best way to describe yeah. it. So, yeah. I mean, this was a short one, and I guess it's a short podcast. I guess. <laughs> we'll, um, try to be, we'll try to be a little bit a little bit more regular podcasts in the future, I guess, because we've been really not consistent. No, we have not. But I, I can tell you that it has a 4.12 rating on Goodreads, which is pretty high. Are you? That is high. What the fuck? Yeah. Not a ton of ratings, though. Only 17. Um, eight reviews. The lowest it was friends. ever given is two stars. <laughs> and they didn't actually write anything. So... I don't have any negative reviews to share with you this time. Okay, well, read a po- no, read a positive one, and let's see what they say and how we disagree. Okay, here we go. Five stars. DL Jackson. DL Jackson's imagination never fails to amaze me, and Finding Mercy was no exception to that. For any reader, whether they are preppers or not. Mercy and Justin are two well-written, flawed characters tailor-made for each other, and the sparks fly when they figure that out. Evans Point provides a fascinating setting for the two to come together, separate, and move on to the perfect ending. Oh, come together, separate, and move on to the perfect ending. We kind of expected her to get pregnant by the end of the book, but that's all right. (laughs) Here's another one. It says... Um, Finding Mercy is much more than a prepper story. It's a tale of two wounded people who thought they were doing what was best and got burned, literally and figuratively. They both settle in Evans Point, a small town in the middle of nowhere, hide from their past, get over their mistakes. And when they meet, they help heal each other's wounds, show each other that they can have a future. Well, that's really more him. Like, she never once doubts that she's a piece of shit and doesn't deserve love. Um, Finding Mercy is a well-written story about D.L. Jackson not only displays her military experiences, but also the life of a prepper and the resident of a small town. Again, like, the preps is really, is so far backgrounded as to be, like, inconsequential to the story being told. And then just the way that the town was so weirdly secretive about the prepping itself I had a, I didn't like it. I had a real problem with it. The one thing that bothered me was that there was this whole uh, focus on the tornado in the forward, right? Yeah. And then that doesn't really ever come back to visit or come back and apply. Like, it, it's the reason for the prepping, but it's really very much brushed over. No, exactly. So it sets up the prepping. But because the prepping has got nothing to do with anything, well, what was the point of the tornado? <laughs> We didn't need that. It didn't lead to anything. It's not like Mercy lived through this tornado and then has all of these like mm-hmm. issues returning home when she has to go home because she feels unsafe there or whatever. Like it's yeah, it doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. inconsequential. So Rach, hot or not? Not. I'm saying no. I am also saying no. Okay, I'm glad we agree. The sex on that. isn't that interesting. Everything is single note and blah yep so blah. <laughs> well the book that i've chosen for the next one is definitely not blah oh my god <laughs> no you did read me an excerpt and wow that's that's all yep. that's the only word i have for it <laughs> yep the, like going from one note to a like a cacophony <laughs> a din <laughs> Oh, well, I guess you can join us back here for that. Um, 
in the meantime, I guess I'll just say that I've been Rachel. And I've been Shelly. And yeah, keep it sexy. And don't slut shame yourself. Be proud. Oh, no, never slut shame. <laughs> like, no, you had sex and you enjoyed it. Sure, you fucking kind of desperately threw yourself at the guy, but I mean, you got the job done. Don't slut yourself at You know what? I'm not even going to pretend to know what I'm talking about. <laughs>